street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. Please follow me on Twitter at MagnaBosco or on Facebook and YouTube at MagnaBosco210. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. Legendary activist and atheist Arun Ra agreed to spend the day with me to learn street epistemology. You can find a link to that fascinating video in the description field below. This is a video of the live stream that we broadcast immediately after our training session. Hey everybody, what is going on? We just spent the last, how many hours have we been at this? Six hours? Yes. Oh, I'm wasted. I'm chocolatey wasted. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, um, I'm here with Lalandra Ra and Aaron Ra, and we just did a whole day's worth of street epistemology training here in San Antonio, Texas. What's going on? And uh, it was interesting, huh? Um, we got a lot of footage. Uh, Aaron's walking right in front of me here. I think he's mad at me. No, he's just. Aaron. We got to make a right here. But um, okay. do you want to say hello to uh, some watchers right now? Watchers? Watchers. We got some some viewers right now. Oh. Okay. There's about 44 people now. watching us. Oh, very good. That was fun. Um, I gotta say, I got really tired of being nice. And then right there at the end, we had somebody that was a little more scrappy, an apologist who uh, had obviously never had this conversation before. So that was a great deal of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had my work cut out for me today. Uh, as we know, Arn is a big uh, player in the atheist movement, well known for his, uh, his very assertive style of debating with people. But we made some progress today. Uh, he was getting progressively better throughout the day, I thought. And uh, whether or not he, he takes these learnings and incorporates them into his style or not, the fact that he gave it a try is really huge in my book. Uh, we're right here, bud. We gotta pay uh, parking. Uh, and he did a great job. He really took the time took it seriously and you can tell I could tell that he he really wanted to learn it and get better at it uh, and that was huge to me I'm gonna hand the phone off do you want to just do a quick hello to these people hello hello yeah that was a bucket of chuckles uh, we did not get accosted by security as was some concern at one point uh, which was all good I don't normally go walking around college campuses with cameras packed on me uh, without being followed by some kind of security agency <laughs> It's just something happens when you get this age. You know? <laughs> don't, don't hang out in the college campuses with a big old camera. <laughs> hey, anyone want to make a movie? <laughs> yeah, so, but well, we did get we did have some interesting conversations, um, off uh, different topics. The one, the the woman that said that everyone is either born good or born evil, and that they can never change. And I thought there was missed opportunities there because uh, Anthony did not ask her, well, which are you? Because I was getting a real evil vibe from her because she believes apparently in 
false dichotomies with extreme you know, duality issues. I mean, you can't ever have a middle-of-the-road person. You can't have a good person doing bad things, bad people doing good things. No, they have to be all the way on either side of the scale. I would have thought that was an extreme position. Yeah, yeah def that would definitely could have been explored better. Uh, but hey, I can't think of them all on the spot. I think I disappointed Aaron. Okay. <laughs> that was the stupidest thing I've heard anybody oh, say on. in a long time. That was a. I've never heard somebody take a position that everyone born is either good or evil. The one that stands out in my mind the most, Arn, is uh, the the karma discussion. We met a woman who believed in karma. She ended up nearly completely abandoning her belief in karma at the end of a short ten minute talk, and unprompted talked about how much she enjoyed the conversation. I love that. Um, I, I love those those moments where somebody comes to the realization that they're holding a belief because it makes them feel good. That it's probably just in my head. Oh, it's dropping out? That's, sh that's shitty. Okay. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Hold tight, guys. It should be unlocked, isn't it? Oh, sorry. I'm gonna have you guys just ride along with us because that's how I treat my live stream followers. I give you all the behind the scenes stuff. Okay, I'm gonna just keep this going if that's all right with you guys. Yeah. All right, we've got uh, 200 people watching. And you know, Don't you have homework to do? Let's see. I'm trying. To, I'm trying here. How is that, guys? Can you see us better? Yeah. And there's there's a little laundry. Wave, London. We are in a parking garage, <laughs> so just hang tight. I think yeah. the signal will get a little bit better as we yeah, leave. The last guy was certainly looking for a fight, but it's. Well, it's surprising whenever I encounter those people, I mean, like, really? You've never had this argument before. You're going to tell me there's no transitional species. Honestly, you're going to use the ninth foundational falsehood of creationism, and you've never heard otherwise. And you can never get them to concede the point either. That's the funny thing. Well, do they you always want to change the subject without ever making the concession. But that, did you recall where I, I stepped in there and I, I asked them, I said, oh, are you going to go or not? Okay. Hold on. i got to drive. I asked him if Arn could provide you with evidence to uh, would it change your mind sufficient evidence and he said yes and then you adequately you know responded with an example of what it would take but then it just he just dodged again yep because uh, they always do that's the thing about the foundational falsehoods they, they never concede they always have to change the subject you can try to pin it but they'll they'll never say okay well I'll grant you this and then move on no that never happens and then they'll go up to the next guy and challenge him to provide evidence of transitional species, knowing full well in advance that they already know a whole list of them. Yeah. I'm debating somebody in Houston uh, in two, three weeks who's doing the same thing. He's going to say there's no such thing as a transitional species, no such thing as a fossil, as a, as a, as a missing link. And then he has all of this documentation for Australopithecus afarensis lucy. So he knows. You know, but he's just going to deny. I almost lost it at the end of the last talk where Arn was, was discussing why this guy believed in the Christian God. And the guy said, hey, you know, nice talking to you. He shook our hands and he said, can I just leave you with a book suggestion? 
I'd really like you to to get the book by a book by Ravi Zacharias. <laughs> and Aaron, I started laughing because Aaron said I actually was trying to debate him at Harvard, and he wouldn't respond to my to my request. It was actually some other group that was trying to set it up, but they, they couldn't do it. He wasn't he wasn't going to have it. I think that that kid just. Uh, I think you blew him away with that one. But um, all in all, all in all, my gosh, we've been out here for about five hours, maybe four hours total, uh, talking to people, recording conversations, and also talking about what street epistemology is, when it's a good time to use it, when it's a good time to not use it. I did actually learn something from that, at least as far as not getting people to be. That last guy, he wanted the confrontation. The last guy was, was looking for a fight. So it was, my old method was completely justified with him. It all depends on your goals. Yeah. If your goal... Well, if his goal has to matter, too. He wanted a fight. He was going to be all apologetics. And, and he's going to... Because the very first thing he said, when we talk about why believe, people believe you have these beliefs, you mean like atheism and, and evolution? Oh, so you're going to try to project now. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> it, it took me a very long time, Aaron, to turn that off and focus on the, the epistemology of it. <laughs> And I, listen, I know it could be fun. You get your heart going, and and it, you, you know your uh, blood is racing. Listen, I, I've been there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. There, there, there's a handful of buttons, and this guy said, you know, when I said, "What is your evidence?" and I kept asking, "What is the evidence?" and he says, "I just told you. No, you just described what a worldview is. You did not give me any facts that indicate creation." And he says, "Well, there's life, right? There's the evidence of evolution that I already presented. We have we have life. We have two different explanations." I gave you my evidence for why I'm right, which you did not contest. Now give me your evidence that you're right. And his evidence was the circular argument that he has assumed conclusion that he said that life exists, therefore God. Why do you, why is there therefore God? Let me ask you this question. If I had a conversation with that guy, or you had a conversation with that guy, uh, which of the two conversations would have resulted in him thinking about why he believes it more. I think that the last guy, me. We still have more work to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Orange should be on Periscope. Um, if you're if you're at all on Twitter, it's so easy just to create a Periscope account. You can let your, your your subscribers know that you're live broadcasting, and they can interact with you. you get, I get some of the best ideas from from the people that watch my live streams. Well, you know, old guys in technology. We're about the same age, aren't we? Oh, yeah. The interweb shuts the system of tubes. I was born in <laughs> 1970. 62. Okay. Yeah, you are a little older than me. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, we should probably stop the stream so we can we can decompress from our... Well, our I got day. more satisfaction out of that last one. It Did all depends on your goal. If, if you... If you enjoy the fighting and the confrontation... Well, that's what he wanted. That's why he was standing there, leaning into the conversation, listening the way he was. <laughs> They're like, stream the decompression! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fine letting it run if you guys are, but if you want me to stop it. I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. I, I mean, I did come to learn, and I think I did learn, but, in the, but that last conversation was not about trying to be reasonable. That, green. Let's, that, let's, yeah. Uh, okay. That last conversation, that guy just wanted to fight. No, he clearly did because he was standing off to the side 
with arms crossed, with a scowl on his face, listening to the last conversation that we had. Yeah. Thinking, I mean, this is the pretty part, that he was prepared. Isn't that cute? <laughs> I love that. They always come in. Like, they've never had the argument before. How many times do you think he's talked to somebody about, well, where, where's your transitional species? And he hears a list of Latin names he doesn't know fuck about, and then just dismisses them all, and then goes to the next person and asks for the same thing. How many times can he have that same thing explained to him? Before you, you, you need to get it recorded so that you can say, okay, well, so you know about Archaeopteryx and, uh, and Lucy and why they qualify as transitional species. So then when he wanted me to meet Rabbi Zacharias, and said, no, Rabbi Zacharias refuses to meet me. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. That, was, that was really the best. Like, oh, shit. And then you mentioned how your book is uh, for sale. The number one new release in Christianity on Amazon.com right now. <laughs> you know, okay, so even though I try to be very calm and methodical and, and respectful, when I meet somebody that is that is uh, arrogant in their confidence, yeah. it's hard for me to not get sucked into that. When they start, even me, like I, I find myself wanting to start ramping it up. Well, when they start when they start asserting their faults onto you, like accusing me of atheism being a belief, of evolution being a belief, and accusing me of my presuppositions. Right? Sorry, no, no. The word presuppositions doesn't apply to my perspective. And then he goes on to describe a worldview. I asked what is evidence. I gave the definition of evidence, and then he starts giving me the four points of what a worldview is, and what the four questions that a worldview has to answer are. And I said, well, great, you've just confirmed for me for the first time ever, because I've never really given this much thought, that I do not have a worldview. Thank you. So now that we've done that, we've had this irrelevant discussion on what your worldview means, and I don't have one, can you provide me the evidence of creation? Which, of course, he never even considered, didn't even listen to the definition. What part of objectively verifiable fact did you miss? And he doesn't understand that, you know, that, okay, so there, we have a thing, life, we have two different explanations, what's the evidence that yours is correct? Life exists, therefore God, therefore I'm right. Presupposition. Yeah. I know because I know. And I could have, we could have, we would have made a lot longer time with that guy, but I would have beaten him down. If we could have made this uh, an online conversation, a half hour, done. And, and therein lies the, the, dis, the disconnect, I think, between the street epistemology approach and the typical approach that we see with atheists, that when I'm done with a person, I want them to be eager to meet with me again because they have given it a lot of thought and they're, they're, more, uh, they're, they're more prepared to have the conversation. Like, they've, they've actually thought about it. Um, well, you know, you That's, could, that, I try to end the conversations in a way so that they'll want to talk with me again and I'll give it some thought. Do you not ever encounter the holy warriors like that last guy? Oh yeah, I, I, there's a video on my channel right now with a lady named Mary, the old lady that, that we saw this morning mm -hmm. that gave me the hug. I had it, she was a hit and run, just boom, 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 Jesus, 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 the blood of Jesus, lift him up, boom, 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 and before I knew it, she was gone. Um, so you yeah, accomplished nothing. They, well, they are out there, but, but <laughs> listen, if, if, if you can start a conversation with somebody, and it doesn't have to be on the street with a camera, but if you can start a conversation with somebody that that is a partnership, how can we work together to figure out how you came to that belief? They you will usually take more time to think about it. And if, like that lady this morning with karma, she didn't have a good reason for holding the belief. I think we probably dropped the stream.
because we're like in the boonies here. Yep. Yeah, no, no, we still got um, threads coming up. Yeah, they're, they're popping up now. I don't know if you guys, maybe it's just laggy. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a little frustrated with this guy too, only because I, I, only because I want to close that argument, and five minutes isn't going to do it. And of course, I want to have the real-time conversation standing there in a courtyard, where all you can do is you're on equal ground with respect that you can just pull shit out of your ass and just say stuff that the other person's you know, invariably going to ignore. But when you get into some, into like a discussion forum where you can actually pull up the evidence or any kind of online discussion where you're like, hey, here, here's a link. I'll give you five minutes to check that just to show that what I'm telling you is actually true. And then will you, do you concede this point? And that's where you stick them because they never, ever will. If it's the found, one of the foundational falsehoods, they'll never, but they'll that, never. But that goes back to what we were talking about, that before we even spend the time engaging with somebody in an argument or providing them evidence to counter a belief that they have, mm -hmm. that has no bearing on them holding the belief. But. Why do it? The, yeah, but then they realize they can't concede it. And the really twisted But, but what usually happens there, Arn, is that they, they shut down. They'll never talk to you again. So isn't it better to just identify the root, the root cause of the belief? Well, I can't say that they'll never talk to me again because I've gotten emails from the people that I've had those kind of arguments with. Yeah. And, they, and I have no doubt that you do. Yeah, and there have been occasions where if somebody has told me that I actually changed their mind in the middle of the argument, they just weren't able to admit that in the midst of the argument. Mm. Mm. Good. Good for you. That's awesome. Yeah, and there are a ton of people in the private street epistemology Facebook group that are atheists because of the work that you've done. But they see value in the SE approach. And I, well, I do too. I do too, because not everybody is dishonest. Not everybody is the type of, uh, this guy was, like I said, he was a holy warrior. And he just wants to do the apologetics game and he thought he was prepared for that. And I, I can't imagine what sort of people he normally talks to. You know, but th this isn't a situation where you're gonna get away with it. I can prove my point, you flat out can't. And, and I, don't, I don't mean to brag about it, it's just, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just how it is. Let's field a question from the viewing audience. We've got 184 people watching live from around the world. Gus, you're popular. People recognized him. Yeah, nobody recognized me. That's so. not true. What's uh, not true? Who recognized you? Um, like, uh, Sean. Sean did. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, somebody passed us by and said, hey, I saw you at Reese Rally. What did the Christian say to you, Lalandra? Uh, she said, is that Anthony from YouTube? That's wild. And I, I never interviewed her as far as I could tell. No, I think she just saw you from YouTube. I thought at first that she was interested in street epistemology and a, a, a fan that way. And I, I told her that sometimes she hang out with a local San Antonio group of, uh, of uh, skeptics. And she said, uh, no, I love the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and I was wow. like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't want to make her uncomfortable. Well, it's weird yeah. about this. How do they recognize you? Because you wear a, you, you wear a GoPro on your, on your chest that points away from you. <laughs> I think I'm with the wrong way. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, so right. It's a nice yeah. neighborhood. How do they recognize me? Yeah, because usually the camera's focused on the person that I'm interviewing. That's a good question. Well, I periscope a lot, so maybe it's through that. I don't know. That's a good question. What I do find interesting, though, is um, there's an on-campus ministry that was getting so concerned with the conversations that I was having with their followers that the leader approached me and, uh, well, I actually approached him. Look at the front entrance of that here. house there. Yeah, it's gorgeous. This, this whole place is awesome. We're in a hell of a neighborhood right now. You wouldn't believe the houses around us. I was like, dude, that's where Elvis lives. <laughs> <laughs> we had a talk today with a woman who 
the, her claim was that Elvis didn't die on the day that everyone thinks that he did. Yeah, and what was the reason? Because somebody misspelled his name on the headstone? He was always, his, his middle name was always spelled like mine. <laughs> this was a freaky day. It was. Like, this is like, uh, I'm like a kid in a candy store with you guys out here. Yeah, you, you, there's some crazy people in San Antonio. <laughs> well, we're at our destination. I'm going to go ahead and shut down the stream. Thank you all for watching. Arn has a shitload of footage to upload <laughs> and edit. Uh, I don't envy yeah. his task. Yeah. There's one talk about karma that maybe I'll add a captions on okay, and then yeah, send we, you we that footage because it was a little noise in the background. That was probably the highlight. But um, he's got a lot of examples. I have no idea what he's going to throw up there. He can make me look like a complete idiot oh, and like him that. look like a complete saint. Or, uh, you know, I don't know what he's going to do. We'll see. Well, I don't know. I can't make myself look like a saint no matter what I do. <laughs> Why don't you pull up the driveway because we got stuff in the trunk. Thank you guys for, for all the love. I'm sure it's all for him. But <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, hey, maybe we can get Aaron on Periscope one of these days. Take care. Tweet at him. Tell him that he should do that. Bye-bye. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos. Mm -hmm.